Hey guys, I want to talk about lighting today, and um, well, firstly, I want to talk about hard lighting, um, and then secondly, I want to talk about the new 8200 Pros. Now, uh, the reason why I want to talk about hard lighting is because I've noticed um, in online, you know, a lot of people that are sharing their work and asking for critique. A lot of you are using um, large, soft, uh, diffused light, and which is fine. I mean, obviously, with soft diffused light, it's a lot safer, um, and it also come sometimes comes out as a more pleasing light. Um, but I, uh, when I first started, I used to just light everything with either umbrella, bounce, or softbox, and so forth, and. I think the moment I understood how to light things, this was a very safe option. Like for example, in food photography, you know, one of the easiest things to do is just whatever you're shooting. Well, uh, on the exception of certain items, um, you know, you you just put a soft box, you know, um, forty five degrees behind your object and take a shot and you know uh, upon the the correct exposure you've had an image that is quite pleasing already and then obviously you have to tweak it from that but the thing is probably nine out of ten photographers are doing the same thing and when you look at a very um, professional commercial food photo and I'm just using a food um, I'm just using food photography for this example but it applies to pretty much any type of photography Um, you'll see that like for example if you if you ever get a chance to see someone shoot a hamburger um, for maybe like Burger King or uh, McDonald's and so forth. Um, most of the time, the light they use is a lot harder uh, than you think. Although they they are using diffusion panels and they're probably double diffusing it. But the thing is, um, you know, it's a very controlled environment they're shooting in. First of all, they're shooting in the studio, and they're all and a lot of times like a simple product like a a hamburger is being shot by a minimum of five to six lights easily um, because of the highlights the um the uh, the backlights um the key lights uh the fill lights etc so but the thing is it it's it's the highlights or the hard lighting that gives the that subject its character and uh, that and perspective which is the angle of the camera and uh, the focal length and so forth um and i know a lot of you already have i mean especially in interior photography i mean we don't get to choose as much in terms of i mean i i don't mean to say that we don't get to choose a particular perspective or to get to choose between perspectives but you know most of the time we're we're playing with a very fixed focal length like you know we're shooting between 24 and 45 at the most and you know uh, some of you may say hey i shoot for the 90 sometimes and that's fine and uh, but the thing is uh, the usual practices around the, those focal lengths right um but with product photography that the range can be a bit wider um so 
the thing is, what the point I wanted to raise is, um, apart from just using really pleasing, soft, uh, diffused light, um, you can try using um, hard. Uh, hard lighting in interiors photography or in product photography and about a couple years back when I decided hey I really need to step up my game a bit more just to kind of compete uh, with a lot of the um, big guys in my area doing um, um, you know higher paying clientele I started to uh, play with harder light and and try to create images that stood out a bit more and well this is very subjective though but um, I I did find that a lot of the work that I um, end up using in my portfolios and in my website www.faperfishphoto.com um, ended up to be lights that had a mix of soft and hard lighting and whereas the the shots i used to think were really good and mainly shot with soft lighting i started to feel were really bad and i just eventually i just removed all of these shots um in my portfolio um i think the thing is it's it's, it's very simple i mean it's a basic um principle in in either um photography or in uh post-production and a good photo must have you know a a good balance between highlight midtones and 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 shadows and often the soft light that i see in a lot of photographs are so safe that it becomes the image becomes rather flat and if you look at some of the interior photos, um, and, sorry, and I'm going back with, I, I, I'm specifically talking about interiors now because I, some, some of the listeners have said, oh, you're talking about food photography or, or still lives photography, which I'm not really that interested in. And I appreciate if you could just kind of focus more on interiors. And so I'm trying to balance the two, but in 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 theory though it works for both i mean i mean the theory applies for for any type of photography but um in interiors photography and if you look at my work often i'm i'm using um light as a factor um just like an oil painting to create depth um, to create um, edges and uh, to create a certain effect on on um, on certain materials and of course the, the, the this last part you can also do in post and and as some of you are really that it's really good in Photoshop can also um, you can also um, set uh, like make really good lighting effects in your in your photographs as well but i I tend to go with um creating this effect through strobes and or even through natural light when i'm on set and sometimes like for example um when i am uh, forced to shoot um, in the later part of the afternoon and you know uh, depending on where the room is facing you might get a lot of 
uh, really harsh sunlight coming in. And, you know, often I see a lot of photographers, what they'll do is like, they'll find, they'll, they'll, they'll pick up their 8600 or whatever they're using right away because that's the most powerful strobe they have and you try to fight it. My philosophy behind that is don't fight the sun. You know, the 8600 is like a toothpick fighting against, you know, some, some sword. And most likely it's, it's not powerful enough. And if, especially if you're, you know, you have really big windows and a lot of harsh sunlight's coming in. Um, the other thing is rather than thinking about fighting, um, natural light, you can consider actually using natural light. Um, you know, what I like to do is sometimes I'd even use drapes if you don't have scrims or scrims that are, lar- um, are um, large enough. The other thing you could do is if the windows aren't too big, you can either you can also have some diffusion paper or baking paper uh, on hand and you could actually just um, stick these paper um on the window to create a very soft diffused light that's how that's what um they do for lighting in in a lot of hollywood films i've actually learned this technique from a gaffer on a film set um so you know that's that's another option too um the thing is uh by doing that you you may already have a very harsh powerful sunlight which is sufficient enough for you to shoot um uh with the natural light and with without uh, strobes at all um you could just take you know a, a, a set of photographs um exposing for the harsh light with the uh harsh shadows and then you could diffuse the light and kind of blend it in post and the effects of that is already uh quite nice and um you know and 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 it will look rather different too because sometimes i look at a lot of interior photographs and you know a lot of times people are doing like you know they they do a good job with the window pulls but you know realistically speaking if that if the interiors are that bright the windows will not be that dark and you know as photographers you need to kind of make a judgment and say hey you know it looks like a bright midday sun and you know so the windows you know realistically speaking should be slightly blown out um and the other thing you know back to my original point is not a lot of um, real estate or interior photographer are using hard light enough, I think. Um, and I think sometimes when you look at great photographers, um, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put one on the spot right now, and that is Mike Kelly. Uh, you see him, you know, and, and certain things look to stand out quite a bit from other people's work is because he's not always using one technique and for all his all his photographs and i think as he's kind of maturing in in his technique and kind of developing his own style you see that from even from his tutorials that the lighting technique is changing from time to time and i think as photographers or creators 
um, the technique or the um, technical equipment is is um, just tools, right? And so, but the thing is, we don't really need to always just use one method or w- one type of tool to create our work and we should be accustomed to always changing that and um you know trying to give ourselves different effects um but you know along with uh, along the lines of the character we're trying to build in the in the photography work that we're trying to create um i hope that makes sense but uh yeah so definitely try using harder light i mean um you could simply use something like uh, and sometimes a harder light doesn't necessarily mean you you're 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 lighting something with a bare bulb um just a a smaller uh light area already gives you a harder light like for example if you're shooting with a small uh reflector um and uh even if your reflector allows you to have some si- some sort of diffusion in, in the front like for example like the um the 80 reflectors on 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 Godox lights do uh the reflector bowl um you know because of the size of the reflector you're going to get a, a a really harsh well a, a lot harder light than you would with let's say something like a small reflective umbrella or even bouncing a um um, a light up on the ceiling which is a very big light source right so yeah um you know you could try uh, just give that a try next time i mean if you're not comfortable with switching immediately you could always just you know do you, what you usually do and just sh- shoot a couple features in, in in your photographs with harder light and try blending that in and you'll see a difference um and also, you know, play with light rays a bit. Like, what I mean by light rays, I don't, I don't even know if that's the right term. But I like to. I'm a big fan of oil painting, and so sometimes whenever I get a chance, and mind you, I, I work in Hong Kong, where flats or, um, or or homes, I should say, are very very small, and sometimes you, this technique cannot be applied because it just looks silly, but. When I get to shoot like a big place, I try to, you know, um, let natural light rays, whether it's from actual natural light or from my strobes, kind of play into um, corridors and, and rooms and, and etc. So that it feels like there's, well, it creates depth and it actually makes the space a bit larger than it really is. Um, you know, that's just my my kind of thing, but. You know, there's a lot of things you can do with lighting um, to make your photograph stand out. Okay, so on to the second part is the 8200 Pro. So, who wants an 8200 Pro? Well, well why not, right? It's new, um, uh, new light. Um, I work with several 8200 Pros, especially if I'm shooting on location. Um, as some of you might know, I work with Profotos in the studio. Um, but when it comes to location, I carry three 8200s and 
a pair of 8600 Pros. And that's uh, merely for the convenience, really, uh, because the Go- recent years, the Godox lights, um, they're, they're very reliable. Um, you know, uh, w- once in a while, you hear uh, issues with certain lights, and, um, and obviously, they're not at par with you know the big brands like Profoto and Owen Chrome and Brun Color um, but you know you, you you get what you pay for and there are a lot less um, and I think in the next two or three years they'll they'll eventually catch up um, but still staying at the sort of a, a lower end of the market just to um, compete now um, for those that have the original 8200 Pros, um, let me just go through the Godox blog here. Um, if you don't already know, the new Pro version, um, it states that it has a stable color mode, which is um, the same fun- feature that you get on the 8400s and 8600 Pro. Um, now, the thing is, I've never used that function. I've never had a big problem with um, color stability. Um, I've had issues with um, with power, actually, with the power stability, um, but more with the uh, lower end V860s, and I think it was more be- due to the refresh rate. Um, but you know, ever since I moved on with the uh, 8200s and with the 8600, that is not as big of a problem because I'm not always um, shooting at full power now. Um, so the stable color mode that's been added into the 8200 Pros. Um, and um, there's a um, nine-stop power range, um, I think, which is the same with the original 8200s. But so it can now go from full power to one to two fifty-sixths of power and at zero point one increments, uh, which is good because. Um, I think they made already made this uh, improvement on the 8600s uh, with and also the Godox um, uh, Pro um, transmitters. Uh, so now, um, basically, what that does is you know it just makes it kind of convenient for those that are mixing in the 8200s with a studio strobe. Now, uh, mind you. Um, Apart from you know me finding the 8200 to be a great, uh, powerful sh- um, speed lights, I still consider them more speed lights than studio strobe, and I don't really advise mixing the 8200 uh, or the 8200 Pros with um, you know with speed lights, uh, Godox or Broncolor or the 8600s or Ellen Chromes or whatever, um, and that's because of the fact that there are certain issues with the 8200s that uh, first of all they're not great with um with con- like overall continual use like you you would use with a studio strobe i mean with studio strobes when i'm shooting in the studio uh, shooting uh, products i'm easily like shooting uh, a, a, a thousand to to ten thousand frames a day, and I would definitely not advise doing that with the two hundred pros. You'll see that the light not being able to catch up, uh, and I I don't really think that is a problem um, with the light. Um, 
it, it, it's it's just not meant for that kind of work um with stuff like that like quite frankly it's best to even uh, work with strobes with the with the battery pack but um you know with the newer uh profoto d1s uh the 8600 pros or the bron color um you know they they don't have any issues with that but you know the time i kind of combined my 8200 pros with a couple of uh, um d1 airs uh, in the studio the the 8200 was just struggling and overheating and you know it's just not meant for um especially if you're shooting like fashion photography which is something that i do like the 8200 will not be capable to uh, you know to um shoot along with um strobes like the 8600 or and produce um consistent results um so the other thing that has been improved is a slightly redesigned user interface now i've never had a problem with the old one um certain people mentioned that they didn't like the on off switch i don't know what was wrong with it um and also with the lcd cracking now first of all like you know this is just me but you shouldn't be dropping the lights right so uh don't drop the lights i mean even with this redesigned um look of the 8200 pros i doubt that it will survive a a a high fall from you know from uh, 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 two or three meters up, right? So it, it, the LCD will still crack. Now, one thing they didn't mention and what I wish they had fixed is the brightness of the LCD. If you, you are someone that uses the 8600, uh, sorry, the 8200 on location outside, the LCD is quite a bummer. But then again, most of you are probably controlling um the lights through the x pro triggers or whatever trigger you're using and so you might not find that a problem but i think you know once in a while you will want to kind of double check if if um the light changes you made on the remotes or matches that of the on the on the on the light head and you know you will want to be able to see um uh, you know the power you're at and you know whatever uh settings you've have set correctly on light so but the thing is uh, it has no mention whatsoever of this improvement so i'm i'm assuming the lcd is the same lcd but just slightly smaller um well, at least it looks smaller. I, 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 I didn't measure it when I had the light on hand. Uh, well, that's the other thing. The, the light feels and weighs exactly the same as the um, uh, 8200. So I, I don't think it's heavier, or well, which is a good thing. The original 8200 wasn't that heavy, um, considering that it produces you know 200 watt seconds, which is pretty powerful for a light of that size. Um, they also uh added a USB-C port which I think is kind of useless because you know it's not like you'll be transferring uh, tons of information uh, to the light or vice versa so the speed is not significant and it's not like you can charge the light uh, it, you know if they made this feature that would be pretty cool where you could charge the light uh, with the USB-C port but I don't think 
that is a new feature on the AD200 Pro. But anyhow, you know, it's good to have because I guess a lot of you Mac users are using the USB-C cords and now, you know, with the um, AD200 Pros using the USB-C cords, you have one less cord to bring and most likely you'll be throwing your micro USB cords away. Um, so and also like with firmware updates you know you don't really need the speed of a USB-C anyway so that I mean it's nice to it's a nice little improvement but I don't think anyone will benefit from it now the biggest benefit I think is the redesigned umbrella adapter now the the previous uh, umbrella adapter for the 8200 was just horrible I think yeah, they should make a public service announcement to most uh, Godox user and users and, and, and to tell them, you know, that using the old 8200 umbrella adapter will risk your 8200 to fall off the lights uh, the adapter and, and, and damage your lights. Uh, uh, but, you know, in all seriousness, though, it, it, it just loosened up quite often and to a point where i mean i think after the first time i kind of tried to attach the umbrella adapter onto my 8200 i i realized that it was not going to be reliable and i um i went to i I used alternative uh, ways to to uh set up lights with and especially with the s-type adapter mount uh, which is the other thing too the s type the original s type adapters didn 't really fit the eighty two hundred pros i sorry the um, original eighty two hundreds and I think with the la- later batch and re- the they fixed the problem, but it still feels like you know the s type um, adapters are more designed for the v eight fifties and eight sixties or other speed lights and not really for eighty two hundreds i I just think you know if the eighty two hundred pro you know especially now it's considered a pro model the godox should really come out with a more solid and more convenient um, mounting system for these lights and um, you know we shouldn't really have to play around with the s type adapters like if you go on youtube there's so many videos about how you could uh, modify the adapter like cutting out the little pieces of rubber so that the light can uh, fit through the the mount more um, uh, conveniently uh, without you know having to to kind of push the the light through uh, in uh, but anyhow so um, hopefully with this new umbrella adapter what it does it, it the light has two recess slots around the a quarter inch mount so now you know it claims that the new adapter um, because of the recess slots um, it will not um, loosen by itself and from the look of it I think the actual adapter is quite different from the original 8200 as well it actually looks sort of like the um, the mount um, um, 
you get from the 8600 or 8400 and uh which is a lot more solid than the original 8200 umbrella mount that that thing was just a toy you know um i think anybody that i mean it's not an expensive light but you don't want to risk dropping your 8200s on the floor and uh, i'd seriously suggest not using that now the thing is for most existing 8200 users i don't think this is going to be a the first thing they'll upgrade to i mean it, it's not a significant improvement and although having certain some of the features i mentioned would be nice uh, it's not essential right so i think for people that are looking into getting into the godox system and they haven't made the decision to take the plunge and spend you know several hundred dollars on the 8600 pro or 400 pro the um, Godox or Flashpoint 200 Pro is probably a good starting point. I would actually suggest going with the 8200 Pros over the original Ving or V850 system um, or the TT600 or TT685 speed lights uh, simply because the 8200 to me at the moment is the most versatile um you know whether i'm shooting interiors or product photography you know the ability to swap between fresnel lenses and uh, uh sorry fresnel heads and um bare bulb um is uh very convenient and um you know and not to mention carrying three or four um 8200s in your pack is a lot more convenient than carrying like two or three um 8400 pros i mean the 8400 pro to be fair it's not that big but it's still quite bulky to to carry onto location but at the same time i mean the, um you know you could easily carry four to six 8200 pros in you know in your roll cases or your pelicans and uh still have a, a lot of room for other things so um yeah it's it's, it's a lot it's, it's it's really convenient for people that are always shooting on location um and uh, the battery on the 8200 Pro, I think the battery on the 8200 Pro is actually more reliable than the uh, V850s and the A60s. I mean, um, I, 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 didn't, I didn't test out the battery, but um, at least with the original 8200s, I think easily I'd be comfortable to say that I can easily get over 400 full power uh, pops with uh, full charge. But with the V850s or the V860s, um, you know, sometimes that that's not the case. And, you know, maybe three to 350 exposures to be, to be safe, but definitely not 400. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if that has to do with the fact that um, it may be... It may be, you know, just the tech in the, in the, in the battery for the 8200 is a lot newer too. But then again, you know, they're probably using the same um, 18650 batteries uh, inside anyway. So I don't really know why. Maybe it's something to do with the tech with the, with the lights. But anyhow, for commercial use, I think the 8200 is uh, sufficient. Just remember. Uh, if you're planning to shoot 
um, fashion or um, if you're planning to shoot uh, a focus stack uh, like when product photography we're often focus stacking uh, with with strobes and um, 8200 may not be a suitable light for that kind of stuff but if you're shooting um, interiors and architecture the 8200 is actually you know one of the most popular choices I've seen with most photographers um, and if you're just shooting you know in general food photography on location I, I, I think these are uh, great lights to use yeah so um, you know if you haven't looked into the system the Godox system. Um, do check out the um, 8200 Pros. Uh, but if you're using the existing 8200, my recommendation is you know just hold off of it. You know it's probably they'll probably come out with a Mark II eventually with you know with more improvements. And in in the meanwhile, the new features you're not gonna lose out on too much. Um, you know you'll get by. So yeah, that's it. But uh, you know, it's nice to see Godox coming with you know new products um, now and then, and also you know listening to a lot of um, photographers. Like I've I've spoken to them actually at least to their company um, in China a couple times uh, through email and even uh, once by phone. And uh, they're they're a company that's uh, always willing to listen to a lot of uh, user feedback and you know and. And um, I think that's part of their success. Um, so anyways, yeah. And until the next episode, uh, I'll bring in uh, more uh, user reviews on certain products I've been using. I've been purchasing quite a few um, new gadgets, uh, which I want to talk about. And I, actually, I think on the next episode, I'm going to talk about the small rig. Uh, I'm not sure if a, a lot of you have heard of small rig. They, they do a lot of um, brackets and uh, plates and all sort of little gadgets especially for um, video guys um, but I, I basically I, I bought a small rig L bracket for the EOSR and it, it's just phen- phenomenal uh, in, in terms of the quality the design um, and the price you know it's not expensive at all but I'll talk more about that on the next podcast so thank you for listening